Have you ever wondered if your guy is bad to the bone? Listen as the gals discuss the difference between bad, dishonorable, and clinically ill. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. Another beautiful day in hot, hot, hot America today. Yes, it is. So we might as well use that for good. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) I know. Make make hot something good today. Well, when I'm hot, I have to remove things. <laughs> ah, is that how we're going to make is it that, good? Is I don't know. Are we going to play a little strip poker while we're <laughs> podcasting today? I don't think so, because we're not really going to do it for each other. So, <laughs> Oh, come on, Catherine. <laughs> oh, come on, Crystal. Just give me a little tease. Yeah, like, okay. What would happen if, like, I just get to... <laughs> yeah, is that it? I get, yeah, that's basically, it. I got to see underneath your armpit. <laughs> oh, well, I was trying to give you more, but you weren't looking closely. Oh, sorry, here like it's not my goggles on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that really just so. did not come out well. That whole thing. <laughs> oh, you're so bad, but bad, are you bad to bad, the bone? Bad, bad, bad. So, how does t- that song go? Bad to the bone. Bad. <laughs> it's kind of like a little guy likes some guitar in there. So yeah. So what are we talking about today? What are we talking about? We're talking about how bad is bad, and what kind of bad. Do yeah. we mean and, when we say bad to the bone? And the reason we're talking about this is because it's something that we hear so often as men or women saying like, oh, there's, men are so bad. There's no good men out there. They're bad. They're this. And it's like, yeah, come on, ladies. Is that really the truth? Right. We don't really believe that. And we're hoping you don't really believe it. But there is kind of a rampant uh uh, what do we call like social psychology thing going on? You hear around in ladies circles sometimes, <laughs> and we all have to, you know, really look at this is, you know, oh, all men are narcissists. Well, just because they take care of their needs, unlike some of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, does that make them a narcissist? No. Do they yeah. do things without caring for you? And either explicitly, actually, in order to hurt you? These are some of the categories we're going to be looking at today. I mean, like, Narcissist. I just think that's such a hard word to, uh, you know, peg someone as because if I read the list of like, you know, how to tell whether your man is a narcissist, and you know, we're saying men because we're women and we're dating men, but we know that these there's a lot of dialogue around. Oh, that woman's a bad woman, and you know, it works both ways. But this word narcissist, it's like I've looked at that list before. Like, how to tell if your boyfriend's a narcissist? And I read the list, I'm like, well, damn, I'm a narcissist. Yeah, that sounds like me. I mean, <laughs> because you know, there's every everyone has narcissistic tendencies, and then you have the the people who are clinically diagnosed as narcissists. And so, you know, part of I think, well, when I look at myself, it's like. I kind of have to have some of those qualities of narcissism because I'm a public figure. I'm speaking, you know, out uh, on a podcast. You have to have a certain amount of confidence and clarity and um, 
courage, like speaking. And I think there is a little bit of that quality that operates within me so that I can get out in the world and do what I need to do. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, that's why we're having this conversation because what is actually clinically uh, unhealthy, basically? What is uh, dysfunctional in terms of the way we interact with people, which we've talked about many times when we're triggered? Mm-hmm. which is could be dishonorable. And the other way we talk about bad is that sexy, dark night, kind of bad to the bone kind of guy, which, you know, but everybody loves so much. Everybody <laughs> loves so much. And, you know, drives us to some crazy and wild behaviors. But where are those lines? And how do I we know? I wish I knew. Right. Because I love that dark night energy. And I was just saying before we started this episode, I was telling Catherine, it's like, wow, if I really look back at it, the men in my life that I've been the most attracted to, and I look at it as like some of the big loves in my life, they all have that element of the dark night behind them. And it's just that, you know, they've all been super sexy and a little edgy and um, they, they bump up against my edge of comfort, but none of them ever went into like a, a clinical area, well, maybe one, <laughs> but you know, so it, but I could see that the type of men that I'm attracted to would get me maybe closer to a border that could go to the unhealthy, into the right. clinical realm. You know, it's funny, Krista, because when you just said that, it made me think of, of BDSM mm-hmm. and, and where, again, bad to the bone, right? This is a, this is one of those gray areas But one of the interesting things about BDSM is the care that you take for each other and the rules that you have to follow. So in no way is somebody being clinically ill, mentally ill, or even dishonorable with you during those, during those kinds of play acting, as we call it, fantasy, whatever, because there is no space for it in that department. So if you have somebody who's actually kind of on the edge, you could really see it quickly because there is no space in that environment for that. So when you're playing sexually around BDSM, it's very clear where those lines are. If somebody and you actually, how? <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, somebody actually were to do something to you that was against the rules that you had set up, that would ex- establish them as outside of the bad to the bone, exciting, living on the edge kind of guy versus, I mean, it would definitely move them into dishonorable because they've broken their word, what we're going to do here. And sometimes you find yourself in crazy, which we're calling, and unfortunately, I just used a word that we're probably not supposed to use. But when I mean the crazy is when things in your world start to get out of control. Well, when you're in a BDSM community, like what you just said, is that there's rules and there's a set container with how to like express your kind of darker nature per se. Edgy, we'll say. Edgy, yeah. But there's a rule, there's a container around it that keeps it really safe. But most of us aren't going into our relationships with our partners with that container already built. It's kind of like we get into some of these maybe darker territories and then we're scrambling to like figure out, ooh, is that breaking some rule I have? Or, you know, is that outside of my comfort zone? Or is that, you know, is is that kind of, am I enjoying that? Does that make me feel really sexy or intrigued by this person? Or am I like actually scared inside? Right. And this is really a big distinction for women. And we really have to look at it, you know, and, and as Krista and I are approaching this topic, like one of the things that's so big is 
discernment inside the woman. Inside each of us is our discernment, and we have to be really aware. So, you know, when there's a situation where a man is manipulating and using power over someone, essentially hurting them, and you can feel that, like, something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. That's when we're going all the way out to that far edge where someone's sort of enjoying hurting you, Weird scene from an old movie, Nine and a Half Weeks, where the guy makes the woman crawl across the carpet to get her diamond engagement ring. He knows she wants it. He knows she wants him, but he has to degrade her for her to go get it. She has to give up her honor and her res- self-respect to crawl across the carpet to get it. It's Well, one let's of the just most- say she didn't have any self-respect. Like, he met her... I'm just going to go out on a limb here. He met her at the exact place she was at, meaning like she was getting someone that was meeting her because she didn't have any respect for herself. She was able to play in with him in that way. Like she, I wouldn't have, I mean, there, there have been times in my life where I would have, would have crawled across that floor for somebody like that because my self-esteem was so low. But well, here, through the yeah. healing work, you get to a place you're like, oh, hell no, I'm not crawling across the floor for a fucking ring. <laughs> right. And you realize a ring is a ring and it means nothing. But what means right. something is your self-respect. But no, but that's like such a far out there example. But what if he, you know, makes you wait for like the perfect scenario and he's kind of toying with you? Where does that fall? And one mm-hmm. of the things I want to say, Krista, is around someone who's unhealthy, clinically ill in some way, what you're dealing with is somebody who's actually taking, will will meet you and then make you feel like you're totally safe, and then will take all that power and use it over you, and that and and it's confusing. And so I wouldn't say I would say yes, we need to be healed in these areas in order not to have these kinds of scenarios happen. We need to look at these scenarios and make sure, but we also have to be careful to realize that we can be carried into this kind of scenario without seeing it happen. We can't well, because that manipulation of when he's trying like when when a man is really in this calculated bad boy persona, he, and he you know, he meets you and he builds this really safe container. Okay, so I'll just I'll think about this the only man I can think of in my life um, was a couple like I don't know, five or six years ago. And the container was built really safe for a certain amount of time. And then once the behavior started getting a little weird, I kept going, yeah, but in the beginning, and I kept kind of in my mind referencing that time when it was really good and he said all the right things and, you know, I felt safe. And it's like almost like that carried me in a, I don't know, like I stayed longer in that relationship with him because of that. Like I just kept returning myself to that. Yeah. And I think that's part of the manipulation. Absolutely. And and now we're not saying, I think in the most uh, unhealthy humans, male humans, in this case that we're talking about, I think in that situation, what you'd be dealing with is someone who's actually calculated this. Right. They know how long it's going to take for you to get to a place of where you're dependent on them to some thing. Now, in a regular human and is we're going to we're going to have these things happen we're going to have moments where we're angry with each other we're going to be dishonorable because we're more willing to be angry and right than we are to be actually loving which is our true honor right mm-hmm. and we're 
And then um, conversely in women, and Krista, I'm sure you will know this, and I know this unfortunately from my personal experience, is that you actually start to try to save the thing. Oh, yeah. Instead of, instead of like really facing, and this is why we talk about authenticity, which we're talking to you about today again, because you have to not only tell that person how you feel, but you also need to involve your community. Which I did not do. And you know that, you know which relationship I'm talking about. And this is the only one where I feel like I was in relationship with someone who was bordering on that clinically ill um, spectrum. And, um, And I also know I was at probably the lowest moment in my life when I met that person. Yeah. And even though I had already been on this journey of doing a lot of spiritual healing, um, I hadn't, I was still at that face on the floor type place. Like I had been broken down with all the spiritual work, but I hadn't been in the phase of like building myself up yet. So when I met him, I, you know, he was actually meeting me at the level of healing I was at. And I think that's why I said that earlier, because if he, if someone like that would walk into my life now, I don't think I would even be able to see them or they wouldn't have access to me because I'm not operating at that level. Yeah. But I, like, he really, like, fed something inside of me that I needed at that time. There was an enjoyment behind some of his behaviors. And what I noticed within myself is that I was hiding from you some of the stuff that was going on. Because I think I was also in the space of, oh, I've just finished, you know, all of my spiritual work and my schooling, and I should know better than this. And I'm I'm ashamed that I'm I'm in a situation that is going this wrong. Right. And now this is interesting because this, this idea of how like women are affiliative, we need each other, we support each other at the moment that we need each other the most. And I can say this for myself also, because I've had one relationship like this. At the moment I needed my people the most, not only did I fall silent, but they fell silent because I was silent and not sharing the truth of what was happening in my relationship, they couldn't share with me what they were seeing because it was too big a leap. And every once in a while, someone would say, would like drop in or something would happen that would actually make someone have to look at it. Mm -hmm. And they would give me this sort of like, what the fuck? And I'd be like, don't worry, everything's fine. Don't worry. That's mm-hmm. that was just a that de- that doesn't happen. That's not the a excuses thing. making I excuses. would make yeah. So yeah. so then I go from silence to excusing the behavior. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting for me too in my situation was I had a situation that was so complicated that I actually needed to stay in it. So I wasn't mm. being physically um, abused. There was no physical att- assaulting going on. But because I had, and I'm, I'm not going to refer to exactly what was going on because it, it's just too revealing of other people, but because I had a situation where I really needed to stay to keep the situation workable for everybody, I went silent. And it struck mm-hmm. me that I didn't have to do that because I wasn't quite willing. The story I told myself was I had to stay to keep everyone safe, Right. That was my story. I was okay to sacrifice myself, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't okay to sacrifice the other people involved. So, but what a story is that, ladies? We do not, (laughs) that is ridiculous. Whatever this person has over us is never worth our self-worth or our self-value. And 
no matter what story someone tells you that you will not be okay, or that you can't find your way, or there's no support out there for you, or someone else will be hurt if you take action to take care of yourself, I'm calling bullshit on it right now. Because well, you know, I was manipulated that way a lot during that relationship. This person did some really, I like scary things to me, but I was already like, they were already so ingrained in my life that I was having a hard time um, disentangling myself from it. And so, you know, this person would take pictures of me when I didn't know they were taking pictures of me. Pictures of me, maybe what I was like getting ready in the morning and didn't know there was a camera. And and then like show them to me later, like, oh, isn't this cute? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm naked and I didn't know you were taking a picture of me. You know, it was like that type of thing. And in that moment, it didn't feel, I mean, it, it was a little bit like, oh, that's weird. But because there was a cuteness behind it, I didn't think too much about it. But when, what see, after a while, what I realized is, oh, that person is, has like a library of information now about me. And that when I, every time I would go like, hey, I think it's time that we call this quits. There was that element of, oh shit, he has these pictures of me or this video of me or something like that. And he wouldn't delete that type of thing. So yeah. he was holding it over me to keep me there. Yeah. And I was so unhealed at that moment, I, I I stayed. I could not imagine a way to step, to get myself out of the situation without my entire life being revealed to everybody. You know, you have those thoughts of, oh God, is he going to post that on Facebook <laughs> or that right. type of thing? And through the, I mean, it took me a year and a half to really keep healing around it until the point that one day I woke up and I'm like, go ahead, go post on every single fucking site on the planet. I don't give a fuck. I'm out of here no matter what. But it was like, I had grown so much and I had pulled my power back so much in that year and a half that I was able to get to that moment. And then obviously yeah. that moment happened and he didn't do those things, but he did some other very manipulative things. After that. Right. So, and, and so in my situation, what I was specifically talking about was that not only was I concerned about myself, but I was concerned about other people, which makes it even harder. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not to minimize your experience, I don't mean that, but what I was really driving towards there was none of that matters only thing that matters is that we don't fall silent and that we start actually talking to each other, to our women, to our mm -hmm. men friends, to everybody we know to say, something's going on here. I need some help. And what Chris and I are talking about today, which is really important, is, is this just kind of like a little edgy behavior? Like, is it cute or is it actually dishonorable? Like, oh, wait a minute, he's doing something that is doesn't feel honoring of who I am mm -hmm. or does it even go further? And in the dishonorable category, we can all claim space. Now we've been talking about men, but we know that women have a shadow too. So we're not <laughs> going to pretend that doesn't happen. And in this dishonorable space, right? Everybody knows that they've done shit that they should never have done because mm -hmm. They were upset or angry or hurting or blaming someone for something. They weren't taking full responsibility, right? right? So we can look, and I can look at every single relationship in my life, and I can say, I've been dishonorable. I've been, um, I've been bad to the bone. I've been all sorts <laughs> of stuff, but I've never been clinically ill. And the 
the the part that you need we want everyone to pay attention to is the part where your spidey senses start saying something's really wrong is someone getting enjoyment out of other people's pain is someone using their power to hurt other people even if the hurt is only forcing people to do what they want in a way that isn't respectful for other people, you know, what is it? And how do you find that line? And I yeah, think because this is Mr. the question. Um, go ahead. Oh, um, I think this is the question that we're really focused on discerning today with you is Chris and I both caught in a time with what we did was to go silent around something and not share it and not get help and not not show it to the world and say, is this just a cut or is this an oozing, deadly, right. you know, disease? Where we're going with this is discernment. Like, how do you know if this is, you know, if this is you or someone else? Like you were saying, Krista, when the person is meeting you at your space, like, oh, I'm, I, I don't care enough about myself to put, draw a line here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much probably always true, but how far is that person down that road? And just because I'm a little hurt or wounded, does that mean I deserve someone who's ill to actually well, take that's that what out I was doing. of me? Right. That's what I was doing in that relationship. Like, oh, I'm just not healed enough. And I was, you know, kept going back in on myself and why am I calling this to myself and everything. And so I, you know, I wasn't just in the mode of like, oh, he's crazy and let me get the fuck out of here. I was like, okay, there's something in this for me. And there was, there was a little, I mean, out of all the men I've ever dated, that one probably busted, you know, the most out of me. Um, but then I guess then I had to have golden eyes come around. But that's what's interesting too. It's like with the first guy who's never been named, <laughs> the man with He's the, not he has, named. He just, <laughs> so the man with no name. He was I think on the clinical side, and so then when I healed from that, then what did I bring in? Another dark night, um, golden eyes, and he he was I, he wasn't on the clinical realm, but he definitely was pushing pushing me in that. Uh, I don't know. It was really uncomfortable. And then, you know, um, Mr. Right Here Right Now definitely has that dark night energy. But I, the difference is I don't feel scared now. Whereas with Man With No Name, I was, I was scared. I, and, and there was an element of, like, I was protecting my children. Like, oh, well, of course, if he shows all this stuff. Like, I don't really care what it's going to do to me, but what about them? So I was protecting them, you know, in a way, too. But with him, I was scared physically scared, emotionally scared, and then I was also hiding. With Golden Eyes, I was very, we were starting the podcast. I'm like, I'm going to be in my authenticity. I'm going to share everything. And, you know, you got to witness a lot of, well, everybody got to everybody. witness a lot was going <laughs> we on, We all right? got to witness that, yeah. <laughs> But, and, and I'm not saying there wasn't everything that, weren't episodes that maybe I didn't talk about as much, but it there definitely was, I didn't disappear during that relationship. Whereas with the um, first guy, he drove a wedge between my friends and I, and he purposely tried to keep me away from my friends because he would say, oh, every time you talk to them, you know, you come back with this, which Golden Eyes did the same thing, okay? Golden Eyes definitely said, oh, every time you talk to them, you have a problem and your friends are bad for you. So both of them had that element of trying to keep me distant from my friends, okay? Right. I've never heard that come up with Mr. Right here right now, ever. So there's a 
completely different energy behind it. So I'm looking at as I've healed, the shades of the mentally, <laughs> clinically ill have dropped from, you know, the clinically ill to maybe more of the bad until now it's like dishonorable, dishonorable okay. which is, I, I mean, it's, I think where you and I live, we're in the, we can be in the dishonorable category. We, we are good people. We're not right. bad people. We're good people. And sometimes we do dishonorable behaviors. I mean, like exactly. 4th of July, you know, when I was, when I was having that episode with Mr. Right here, right now, and I say, oh, well you go ahead and do that. And I'm just going to have a man over to my house too. Like that was a dishonorable thing to do. Cause I, I was, I was trying to, hurt him in a way but I wasn't getting the like giddy pleasure out of it I mean it was like it was actually hurting myself more than it was hurting him so there's even a you know that's where we're also looking at the difference right so in the difference here you know and and this is first brought to me by Allison Armstrong also was we were talking about so many women characterize their men as dark and there's something wrong with them. And right now, narcissism is the favorite one. It used to be borderline Mm -hmm. personality, like whatever. So many women, so many of us will characterize our man as the bad one, the wrong one. And I think it was really great when Allison said this to me, it really helped me discern the difference is dishonorable is a changing state while it still Mm -hmm. is something that you do not aspire to. It comes over you when you're being full of fear. We've talked about this before. You know, so so you can be edgy, full of love, and be like the man that a woman craves and still mm-hmm. be full of love and live right on your edge and maybe not be the easiest guy in the world, but you're still not veering off your honor. You right. all, You keep your word, whatever. You know, then you can be this guy that, falls in and out, who sometimes keeps his word, sometimes doesn't. And, you know, probably a lot of us fall into that category, not just guys. And then it's the third category that we really, really want women to look at. Yeah. Because that's a place where both Chris and I have gotten caught at one point in our lives. I was caught a little bit longer, and but it was a little bit more, um, it was just a different situation. Same thing, though, I I was actually told that I wouldn't be able to take care of the people I cared about if I took care of myself. Mm-hmm. I was I was mm-hmm. actually given the societal belief that I would somehow lose control and lose my ability to take care of them. So for me, what I had to do was make this weird like bargain. And it was really pretty much a bargain with the devil because I mm-hmm. couldn't figure out any other way to get out of it. But there was a way that I was able to grow during that time and really get to the point. And of course, what I had to do was take (laughs) on the fact that still everyone was telling me, you won't be able to protect, you won't be able to care for, you're going to lose all your leverage, everything's going to go away. And I finally had to get to the point where I said, you know what, I am worth more than this conversation. And I will figure it out. I'm smart. I'm kind. I'm loving. I'm, I'm well, And powerful. you're connected. And see, that's, yeah. I think, the place that I had to go to in order to make that step away is this total surrender of like, I trust that God has me. And if I'm going to leave this relationship and he's going to do X, Y, and Z to me, then so be it. If that's what God has in store for me and that I need to experience, then I guess that's what I'll experience. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that, Krista, because that's that's the come to Jesus moment, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you actually have to cross that line and say, 
you know what, no matter what the world is telling me, no matter what the lawyers are telling me, no matter what anything is saying, only me and God know the truth here. And then if, ooh, I've got a good one. Because <laughs> what I'm realizing is that, you know, the thing that I was most scared of, um, you know, him and I, obviously, we were together for a couple of years. So he knew so many intimate details of my life. Because I, when I was dating him, I was in this like, I'm just going to be so authentic. I'm going to tell my person everything. And so what happened is, um, after I broke up with him, in order for him to get back at me, he like got in touch with my ex-husband and told my ex-husband basically every single secret I'd ever had. Worst nightmare realized. Worst, so the you worst nightmare realized. All hell is going to break loose, right? Mm-hmm. But here is the beauty of it. When he, when I found out that that's what he had done, there was just this, oh, thank God. I do not <laughs> have to carry that secret anymore. And I was like, thank you so much for doing that. And it was like, okay, God, thank you. Like, yeah, what I perceived was going to be my worst nightmare turned out to be the greatest gift ever because after all of that information was divulged— I experienced complete freedom, and I was able to then, you know, step into doing stuff like this podcast. I mean, how could I ever do this podcast and talk authentically about my life if there's this whole section of my life that I'm keeping secret? Impossible. We just want you all to know that you know us very well. Yeah. We've had people remind us of that fact. And I'm so healed around who I am. I'm like, I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay with every fuck up I've done. I've, you know, I've owned it all. And I am the most free I've ever been in my life because I don't have any secrets. And this is, you know, kind of what we're talking about. With that first man, I had so many secrets. Right. And I was keeping all the secrets from my marriage. I was keeping the secrets of what I was going through at the moment. And so I couldn't show up at a party or have, you know, dinner with my family. With I, I remember just sitting there silent at some of these family dinners because I'm like, what am I supposed to talk about? Because they, I can't talk about anything that's happening for right now because it's all a big secret. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what's this is truly the most powerful truth, women, that we could share with you today is that no matter what situation you're in, if it's not good for you, that you will get out of it. And mm-hmm. if if there really is a clinically ill situation going on with you. There are smart ways to go about caring for yourself and getting yourself out of there. We're not saying just run, you know, we're like, take it, be measured, mm-hmm. be careful, but don't pretend like it's not happening and don't tell your people. When I had a situation- what do you mean don't tell your people? You don't, said don't tell your people. Don't, don't, don't tell your people. Don't tell your people. Okay. I think I said <laughs> don't, don't, but I'm not sure. So we're cl- we'll clear that up. But what I mean is I had a situation one time where my friends were with me probably two years later and something happened between this person and I again. And they were so shocked at the level of Mm. animosity that came out towards me from this other person. And they had never seen it. And I didn't realize how much I was, how much I was hiding because I was standing in the moment in a very public place. And not only did my two friends, but another probably a hundred people saw this and a few of whom commented out loud about it. But it was one of those moments where I realized how much energy I had been holding to keep mm-hmm. this secret. Mm-hmm. And it was supposedly because I was keeping people safe. And I was 
totally sacrificing myself. So not Mm -hmm. only were those people not as safe, but I couldn't even be myself with them to care for them while I was supposedly caring for them. So really, I mean, it's funny that this is where the conversation has gone today, Krista, because we started out because we feel like too many women say their guy is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's a narcissist, he's a really clinically ill bad guy. We think too many women go to that. But right now we're also saying, don't be afraid to check that out if it actually feels to you like that's happening. But be measured and be careful because some of this is just dishonor. Maybe actually you're creating it. Maybe you've dismantled his ball structure. (laughs) (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. dun. (laughs) You know, maybe we've tried to capture them in our homes in such a way that they have no freedom to be men anymore. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But don't blame them totally and be careful with who you are. And, you know, it's a big indicator inside of like, what is the level of fear you have when they walk in the door? And I think this is important because Mm. um, with the man with no name, it was like every time I was around him, I was like, ooh, how's this going to go down? Or I just got this like shrinking feeling. And with um, Golden Eyes, it was like I didn't feel so great when I was around him, but I was never like necessarily – I wasn't physically scared or, you know, in that way at all. So And then now it's like, oh, I don't have those feelings at all with Mr. Right here right now of like, I'm not scared of him to walk in the door. It's like, so I'm just looking at the levels of my body was talking to me through all of those different um, relationships. But my mind would try to talk me out of each one of those. Right. Or convince me of things. Yeah. Thank you, Krista. This is a really important point. It's a really important point to notice your body. You know, what happens when you get into the same room with this person? What happens when... You know, there are just so many scenarios that you have a chance to just take a deep breath and start to feel into what's happening and wonder about why on earth would you be responding this way? Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not crazy. And don't over-exaggerate that if you have been manipulating yourself and you have been taking a man through a journey of your own, which we all do, and we certainly have to admit to that, that them being angry or frustrated or irritable or I can't even think of the next word I was going to say, but whatever, (laughs) if those things are happening, don't take that to mean he's a bad person. Wonder not only about him, but wonder about you and get authentic and talk. Because you hear that all the time where men are like in relationship with one woman and they're like these they, they come across as like crazy men, and then they meet the right woman for them, and all of a sudden they're just like the perfect little angel. So there are scenarios where we just trigger the shit out of each other, and we bring out the worst parts of each other. Those are the like the relationships to like walk away from. We, you know, we want to be with people who like like build us up, and that we step into our best versions of ourselves. And I can honestly say, like Mister Right here, right now, it's like I, who knows whether how long this lasts, but it's I. F- I'm noticing myself stepping into a better version of myself. Right. Whereas with the other two men, I i mean, definitely with the man with no name, I was like, I couldn't get out of bed most days. Yeah. I just my- literally could. I mean, I didn't move anywhere in my life and in my career. With, um, you know, golden eyes, it was like I was trying to move forward in my life, but it was like pushing a big boulder up a hill because he, you know, he was consuming so much of my time and my energy and my emotions and 
just everything. I like was putting him above where I was going. And now with this relationship now with Mr. Right here right now, it's like I have finally pulled back my power from giving it away to all these men that I'm not like I can wake up in the morning and still get up and go do what I need to do, even though he's there laying in bed looking sexy. It's like I can still find it within myself to go do those steps. Whereas in the past, I was so disempowered. I was like, oh, just stay here. (laughs) Yeah. And and also there was just an energy of dependency that was in some of those other things too. Mm -hmm. So we have to watch ourselves for that energy of dependency. We have to be in some ways connected and partners, but we have to be also be dependent in some ways. And I just really was feeling into this when Krista was talking about it because um, my, the man I'm talking about was referred to as, um, one who shall not be named, um, because that seemed like the most apt way of speaking about that person. And which is slightly different than Krista's name for her person. <laughs> um, and in this situation with Mr. Delicious, what happens is that we are always challenging each other and not necessarily in ways that feel good. But we're right. always challenging each other to be more ourselves mm-hmm. and to be more committed to ourselves, to be more loving to ourselves, to be more empowered with ourselves. And sometimes that creates friction when two people are being more and more and more empowered as themselves. Yeah. We find that there's a place where you, I don't, it's the weirdest thing. It's like you have to come together in this very strong power but you also have to release into it too. And for a while, mm-hmm. it can be, it, uh, I can't find, it's not like fireworks. It's not drama. There's some intensity about it as we find our way. Like, we're like there's something yeah. happening where we're settling in more deeply, but on the way to settling in deeply, and I don't mean settling, I mean settling <laughs> in more deeply to who we are, there's all of this, this re-energizing of who we are together mm-hmm. in a new way. And what it sometimes creates is massive questioning. Is this right, right for me? Is this any longer? Because we're growing. And that's the amazing thing about partnership is you're growing. And so as we grow, things change. And maybe this is why Mr. Right Here Right Now is so committed to Right Here Right Now because he knows that things change. Mm-hmm. And maybe men see this more clearly than women do. And we have a few more maybe hormones that want us to be <laughs> deeply connected and, and held. But just because something is crunchy and just because it's challenging you doesn't mean it's wrong for you. And I think that's hard for women because, or for everybody, really. It's like we're in these relationships and we go, you know, where is my boundary? Where, where do the everyday challenges go into, ooh, there's something really wrong you know, when we should maybe consider not being together versus, and then to the next level of this is fucked up and scary and, you know, clinical territory. So it's like finding, and everybody has a different level of capacity, it's right? So it's so not, much. it's like, you can't tell me where my level is and Christy should definitely get out of the relationship because you don't know what my capacity is and no. vice versa. So it's really hard to, you know, I think that's another reason why people get scared to tell their friends what's going on because the, their friends are going to be like, well, you should definitely get out. And this person's like, yeah, it's bad, but it's like still within my comfort zone. So like, we don't want to be also told by our friends what to do. So I think that's another element that needs to be brought into it. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if your friend is coming and telling you this type of material, it's like really give some space to listen with your heart to what, you know, and that's what I appreciate a bit about you, especially with Golden Eyes, it's that 
you know, I was able to say these things that were going on with him and you weren't saying, well, you should break up with him or you should get out. You were just, answer, you know, asking me some really um, juicy questions to have me ponder, but you held space for me so I didn't feel judged or I didn't feel the need to hide from you. Whereas if every time I brought, like with um, no-name no guy, whenever I would talk about what was going on with him, everybody was just like, break up, get out now. And it's like, that's not what I needed to hear. I needed to like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I needed at that time. I mean, obviously whatever I got is what I needed, but. Um, yeah, it's a good point, Krista. That's a really, really good point that you're making because I remember I was present for all three of these and I remember that it was harder to be with the one you weren't saying anything about. Because mm -hmm. uh, I never knew what was happening with that. Supporting you with Golden Eyes, <laughs> or his other sweet name. Rico Suave. Rico Suave, <laughs> which was like my favorite name. But supporting you with him was like I was, because you were talking, I was clear it was okay. Like yeah, you told safer. me everything. So if you had told me like, you know, something happened with a knife in the kitchen, I would have been like, okay, and now we got to sit down and talk differently right. about this. What's interesting is if we don't come, this is what, and this is the point you were just making, and I think it's powerful. If we don't listen deeply to our friends, we will silence them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because with. Or have the, the case, energy of disapproval. Because yes. I had my other friend who was just so disapproving that it got, I was like, oh, this is just someone I can't talk about this to. So again, right. the silence came. Right. And I certainly know that in my case, had I, well, here's, now here's the interesting thing in my case. I think I mentioned this, but people stopped talking to me too. So I wasn't getting the outside information that mm -hmm. my friends had that something was wrong, that they were seeing on the outside of my household. And I wasn't able to speak what was wrong. It wasn't until the relationship was broken, people could see that I actually stepped out, that people started coming to me in droves to tell me, oh my God, this happened, this happened. And at first I was so furious. I'm like, why didn't you, why didn't you come me. to me and yeah. share this with me? And I realized I wasn't giving them permission. Yeah, and then when you stepped up, they all of a sudden had permission. Exactly. And they, one of my friends said to me, I was afraid that I would lose you as a friend. Mm. And then I wouldn't know what was going on in your life. Mm. And I knew that it wasn't good. And I couldn't get you to talk to me about it. Mm. And I'd be like, no, let's have another tequila. Everything's fine. You know, and <laughs> that's how I did a little bit of partying to keep people from paying attention. So I appreciate that my friends held space even though one part of me wished they wouldn't have, because I know I wouldn't have been able to hear it right. until I was ready. And I wasn't in physical danger. And I think that would have been the place as a friend that I would draw the line. If I felt like a friend of mine was in physical danger, mm -hmm. I would probably have to put risk my relationship with them to make sure I wasn't aiding and abetting something that was really, yeah. really, really bad. So I guess I would say that to all of us. Let's, Let's t let's put our friendships on the line if something really bad is happening. But otherwise, you know, let's give ourselves in in USM we used to call it the dignity of our process. Mm -hmm. Let's give ourselves the dignity of our process to work. Give through. our friends the dignity of their process too. Absolutely, right? give everyone that. 
as long as you're not actually with somebody who is really clinically ill and somehow hurting you in a way. And even in that case, you may need a little space and time to realize that what you need to do to take care of yourself. On that note, <laughs> I think I think where this is, um, I, I'm very fascinated by this podcast today of where we've gone. I really totally unexpectable. Totally. Unexpectable. What is that word? <laughs> That's disrespectful and unexpected at the same. Unexpectable. No, it's really, what it's reflecting to me is like, wow, it's reflecting my level of growth for myself. And I can see yeah. like, oh, in that relationship, no wonder that was my experience. And oh, in this one here. And now I'm stepping into, wow, I, I feel this um, power moving behind me. And and there's no attachment to Mr. Right here right now. And I'm just enjoying it. And I can see the ways in which it's assisting me and taking like stepping up more fully in the world. And so I appreciate his groundedness that he has that I feel like is what's really supporting me in this phase. Mm. And I'm not, um, and I'm not attached to it in the ways that I would have been. And so it's really like for the, I'm stepping in this place of like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a powerful woman. And to be free. And I just love to be free. That you feel free and I feel free. And we're exploring life from freedom rather than from dependency secrets secrets and yeah so um we love you so much so much and we appreciate you listening to this conversation and we hope you're in just really good we hope you're in good dishonorable relationships (laughs) (laughs) wait i don't even know what that meant so i'm gonna take that back but what we do hope is that your man is bad to the bone in the best way and that everything you're going through is a learning experience for you too so that you also feel, look back and see and feel where you've gone, where you've come to, and that you can celebrate even the small victories every single where day. Where you're going. Yeah, and where, where you're, you're going. going. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. All right. As we always say, spread, spread the, the love. love.